welcome to the Learn Perform Mixtape. I'm your host for this podcast, Laura Pasquini. I created this podcast to prepare me and maybe you for the Certified Professional Learning and Performance Exam, the CPLP. These series of podcasts will be my open study notes. Welcome to the learning. Welcome to episode 7.4, Individual and Organizational Assessment Tools. This part of talent development is going to look at how do we facilitate assessments that initiate some sort of career planning, professional development, and talent management in an organization. So how do you identify employees' strengths, opportunities, ways that they can improve, and the characteristics that are critical for your company's growth? So this integrated talent management section is going to cover the following learning objectives. We're going to look at two types of multi-rater feedback tools and define each. We'll discuss the key differences between personality inventory instruments and personality tests. We're going to identify the purpose and benefits of career profiles, define the purpose of leadership assessments, and list two types of leadership assessments, and summarize the issues associated with administering assessments, including validity, reliability, fairness, special accommodations, legal issues surrounding test-taking. So human resource audits often happen, and this comes around when organizations really want to think about succession planning and a system of what that looks for, like in your company. So this could be promotion. It might build on the identification of successors and address employees' mobility within the company. So this might be a variety of positions or roles that you have. Um, The audit would also identify employees that should stay at the current position, or maybe they're ready to move on to another position, another area. Um, another opportunity. And it offers strategies to help designate tools and these kind of pools of employees that you really want, these qualified employees based on their skills and abilities. So managers often conduct an HR audit by reviewing uh, direct reports to determine the time in the current position, their performance, so those regular performance reviews, the readiness for advancement, the potential to move to a new position, and the development that's required for them to transition. So plans for succession and movement within an organization really are thinking about career pathways into leadership and identifying other opportunities where professionals might also move into a new functional role or to grow a new occupational area that they could enhance. So you really want to work with and involve the employees, those professionals in your organization in the process of succession planning. So this will be based on those performance appraisals and reviews or other means for providing viable, dependable employee skill information. This might also happen with reporting and progress of projects or one-on-one meetings, quarterly reviews, snapshot of your work if it's a weekly one with clients or those billable hours and projects that they're working on. I put a link to an article that's really good to get you started. It's a beginner's guide to succession planning. And so this is something I just found when I was reading. And it really offers some suggestions on steps that you would take that you would identify, like knowing your company, looking at the entire organization, thinking about a strategy that determines succession, and identifying who those rock stars are, and having tough decisions and discussions about these, and understanding that growth doesn't always have to be upward. It could be growing in certain functional areas and identifying areas. So I gave a link to that article. You can check it out. When it comes to human resource assessment audits, there's multi-rater feedback. And so these systems are ways to review and offer feedback as a process with at least two levels of management to review employees and agree on their candidacy for specific positions and potential opportunities within your organization. So this type of evaluation might be occurring because there's a major judgment or experience levels are weak, or maybe there's a shortage of identified talent that you need to find and find people for those roles. And this 
organizational culture supports structures are in place to do so. So this is where you already have some sort of systems of analyzing performance, giving feedback, and offering ideas. So some examples they talk about in this section are the 360-degree feedback evaluation. So often this is like a survey or questionnaire that you fill out, um, and many people fill out, and this could come from your superiors, supervisors, direct reports, peers, internal and external customers, and this would identify how an individual performs in any number of behavioral areas. So it's kind of that well-rounded view of performance and what you do at work, that bigger snapshot and all from all different perspectives. The assessment centers that might come into play in your human resource development or HR or talent development area might include um, things to th- that your employees will engage in. So they could be exercises that are oral, problem solving, role playing. They might do interview simulations, uh, counseling sessions and simulations, written reports, or any sort of analysis exercise as an individual or group. So this might be used for selection or developmental purposes to identify if there's any gaps that they need to grow. So here's some examples of a couple different assessments and ways that this could look be looked at. First is that personality type. So you may have heard of personality inventory instruments. These offer a picture of a person's personality, their type, and sometimes it will indicate their personality preferences. So there's many of them out there. Uh, the two that are mentioned in this section is the DISC personality, and I'll, I'll tell you what that's about, and the Myers-Briggs type indicator, the MBTI. So the DISC is a behavioral assessment. It's a tool based on the work of William Marston that provides four-dimensional models uh, for profiles. So DISC stands for dominance, so direct and decisive. I is the influence, optimistic and outgoing. Steadiness is the S for sympathetic and cooperative and conscientiousness, it's concerned and correct. So you can learn more about this. I put a link to the DISC overview. Um, It's really about looking at an assessment to understand how people understand themselves and adapt their behaviors with others. And I put a link to a free uh, kind of DISC assessment that you can take online that doesn't require your email or other information. The second one that was mentioned in this section was the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, MBTI. This instrument is pretty popular and has been around for a long time. It's to determine the personality type based on preferences. And so there's kind of 16 areas of personality types they claim, um, but preferences in the four following areas. So extroversion or introversion is one. Intuiting or sensing is two. You're either thinking or feeling as a third area, and judging or perceiving. So this is often used in career development, team building, other kind of get-to-know-yourself assessments. I've seen it for uh, people figuring out what they want to be doing in life, for work, um, academics, program, things like that. And I put a link to a little bit more about the MBTI basics, um, the actual Myers-Briggs Foundation, and a free uh, 16-type Jungarian personality test that goes through the MBTI. So The other one that I'm going to toss out there that I've used a lot is the interest inventory, the strong one, based on the Holland Code or RISIC test. And this is areas that measure kind of what you're interested in and your preference. I picked on this um, area by strong because I think the RISIC does measure six types of um, different themes around your occupational types and your choices. And it was often incorporated, this typology, to help people figure out in the area of career counseling where they might go into and what they liked or don't like in the workplace. Um, The strong 
interest inventory is actually connected to the ONET online. So in the US, it's the occupational um, database of all jobs. And they have these kind of different interests embedded within or types of interest if you like this for work. And if you want to do it for free, I put a link to the My Next Move, the section that says, tell us what you'd like to do. Um, is a self-assessment that is equivalent or similar to that interest inventory that you can self-test. With career profiles um, and getting to know yourself and career self, part of that is developing the profile of you. And this would include a resume, what your work experience has been, your personal work history, a summary statement um, that includes things like your skills, competencies, abilities, and really career profiles are ways to map current professional progress in a position, a role, or in a career and plan for any career changes or movement. The other area that uh, lots of people are looking at in terms of understanding talent are leadership assessments. And so organizations assess the needs of current and future leaders at all levels in that organization. So this often helps with career planning, maybe professional development and understanding the baseline needs. So maybe there's role playing and simulations they need to do to help identify things for improving leadership skills like decision making, delegating or coaching. So all of this to say is ways that we can assess kind of what the talent pool is like and the professionals your organization are doing and how you can develop them and the needs are. That being said, there are some administrative considerations that you really should think about before implementing or administering any of these inventories, assessments, or tests. Issues of administration that talent professionals should consider are these following five things. First, there's validity. So the validity describes how well the evaluation instrument measures what is intended to measure. So the question is, does the evaluation instrument uh, do what it says it should do? And does it measure what it should be measuring? Um, this really is important. So we can think about verifying the statistics of this instrument and assess if the feedback it's giving is correct for any sort of subject matter expert who's doing training or participants who are reviewing each question. So we really want to know um, the question's meanings are matched with the intended meanings. Reliability is the second one. So will the instrument produce consistent results over time? How accurate is it? So reliability really looks at the accuracy or precision of an instrument and really wants to know um, if there's anything that's considered like someone's age or something about the instrument that doesn't offer confidence in reliable results that will be taken, especially over time. So this will be um, looking at consistency by evaluating responses over time and if it's used again. Fairness is really important. So an assessment is to be used for a specific job or outside of expertise. Um, you really want to look at that test and that assessment, see if it's actually fair. Does the instrument lack bias? Does it offer equitable treatment in the testing process? So this would be to offer equality of outcomes of the testing and equality and opportunities to learn. Special accommodations is the fourth area. So are there ways to accommodate test takers with special needs and professionals that have any accessibility or disability needs? So for example, in the US, there is the American for Disabilities Act, ADA of 1990, that prohibits discrimination on the grounds of physical or mental impairment for employment practices. So if you're gonna offer a test in one way, making sure that there's uh, elongated times, different options to take it, if it's online, if they can do a paper version instead, um, just different modes and modalities that offer access and pretty much a level playing field um, when it comes to special accommodations and needs. And finally, the last one, number five, is legal issues surrounding the testing. So 
Really, it comes down to if assessments are used for a significant employment decisions, then you really have to be careful on the legality. So example would be if you're using only this assessment or this test for selecting a training opportunity or a learning program for an employee, um, that's not going to be a balanced measure. It really should be more holistic uh, to review the overall uh, kind of career profile and not just the one thing. So you have to be very careful to make decision um, that's not made on assessment is the only decision. It's not the only factor that happens when you're making a decision. What are the ways do you look at kind of tools and assessments and tests for supporting talent development in your organization? I'd be curious what's really popular these days. I would imagine there's some updates on what people are doing. And I'd love to hear what you're thinking about when it comes to tools, assessments, and testing to unpack a little bit more around career development and talent development overall. Thanks for listening to the Learn Perform Mixtape. If you're liking this podcast, subscribe, tell a friend, give me a like, and give me a review. If you're studying for the CPLP or you have already, let me know. I'd love to chat and I'd love to get your advice. Comments, questions, thoughts, and love are always welcome. And I have my details in every episode notes. So please reach out. Let's connect.